The following program is brought to you in living color. So, Mr. Swan, now that we sat nice, broke bread together, shared a glass of wine, I feel I know you a little. Morty, I feel I know you even better. Good. I just don't understand what is wrong with you two. What is the joy that this stuff possibly brings you? It's just... It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's not fun. You two have demons you're trying to compensate for. Well, what about you? You're having a glass of wine. I'm not having a glass of wine. I'm having six. It's called a tasting, and it's classy. It's The Wine Crush, the show that's all about the grape. Now, here's the host of The Wine Crush, the woman selected best wine show hosts within earshot, Laura Lawson. You all know people like this. You may be people like this. Welcome to The Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson, your favorite Chardonnay guzzling diva, and you are listening to the show that's all about the grape and all its glory, all the vine, all the time, everything you ever wanted to know about wine and were afraid to ask. That's what we are here for. We are your media resource for everything about our happily harvested, at least moving towards harvested, rolling around in its bin and its tank little grape. Yes, I love it because most all of my favorite grapes have made it to the bins. Your favorite grapes? My you favorite have grapes. favorite grapes? I do. We're on a name-by-name name basis. We oh. just all enjoy each other. Okay. Um, generally, those are the little grapes that go into champagne. Right. Should or, I call the uh, nurse to give you your second shot? <laughs> no, you shouldn't, Kent. I appreciate that. What Kent is so kindly referring to on today's show, and again, at some point in these all these years of doing the Wine Crush, I'm going to learn not to share personal information with people that sit behind the glass yeah. and have access to a microphone. That's right. There is actually a new medical founding. There is. It's brand new, and it has been named for me. Normal people get tennis elbow. I have been diagnosed with Chardonnay elbow. Chardonnay elbow. Chardonnay I like the sound of that. That's cool. elbow. Well, for all of my friends, actually, I encourage those of you who are in restaurants, those of you who work retail, those of you who just drink the excess volume that I tend to drink, my fellow sommeliers, believe it or not, if you open enough bottles of wine, it is repetitive motion. Think about it. You have the little knife. It involves pulling. It involves pulling on those tendons. And if you have a day where you're actually using a waiter's tool to get all these open, you are putting undue pressure on the tendons in your arm. Yeah. You couple that with alcohol and old age, and you have Chardonnay elbow. Well, and you can get it that way, or if you lift up the keg to get the remaining little bit in the bottom of it there, and you hoist it up and drink all that, then you're going to get it too. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. So did actually picking up the three liter and so did savoring the bottle. But again, see, it proves that those of us who are in the wine business, we work for a living too. We actually can injure ourselves in the course of our jobs day in and day out. And let me advise you, if you decide you have Chardonnay elbow, go see your fellow friendly local orthopedist sooner rather than later. If not, he'll have to do some extensive stabbing, which does not make it fun. You waited too long, didn't you? I waited too long. Perhaps, uh, well, you also, when you go in, you also have to explain to the doctor in a straight face how much you drink on any given day. Oh, really? Well, you didn't. When's the last time you went to the doctor? Well, yeah, it's last year. What are the questions they ask you? Well, all kinds of things like your habits and stuff. Sure. Exactly. And so when you look at them and you say a bottle a day and they say a bottle of what? Like, (laughs) no, really? How often, how often do you drink wine? What hour? I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) What's your, hey. Well, good for the goose, good for the gander. We all just have different idea of tasting. I taste a lot. I think that's a fair way to look Is that at what you call it? You call it tasting. Okay. I do. I tasting. Scientific. How else do you think I get my wonderful wine recommendations? Yeah. See, you, you tell him you're a sommelier and he does not know what that is. And you, you have to explain it. And it involves a lot of tasting. Yeah. No, it was priceless, though, when I went in there. Now, we have all discussed this on The Crush, how wine now comes in different containers. It doesn't necessarily come in 750s that you have the corkscrew or you screw off the cap on to get the wine out. Because we have so many neat new containers, we do have kegs. We do have boxes. And something we actually have not touched on on The Crush is anytime you have incremental volume in a package you're about to use, mm-hmm. Shockingly, it gets heavier. 
And so if you're dealing with well, a yeah. <laughs> if you're dealing with a wine keg, uh, the weight of a wine keg is considerably heavier than uh, a nine liter case of wine or especially a 750 milliliter bottle. And if you're old like I am and don't think about it, regardless of the fact it actually holds as much as three cases of wine, when you pick it up, you have some <clears throat> explaining to do. Yes, you do. So perhaps with this shall come wisdom. And that's what we like to do is share our wisdom with our listeners. Since apparently between everything I've been through today and the lovely party favors they gave me upon leaving, you will not be getting anything educational worthy from me today. We do have a great guest. We have Mr. John Freeman. He is the winemaker for Waterbrook. We are still exploring the glorious wines of the Pacific Northwest. So he'll be joining us to talk about the wines at Waterbrook and what they're doing up there. Uh, in fact, I was looking back through my notes. It's funny. I think... Um, uh, Waterbrook does a Milage de Rhone. It's a blend, and we recommended that on the show, I think, about two or three months ago. So we'll have to get him to talk about his blend and how they play well. And, of course, WTSO has some great wines coming up that they're going to be representing from Mr. Freeman and Waterbrook, the Icon 11 blend. That uh, all the way around, these guys make wines that are happy to play with one another. So life is good. So since I have sacrificed myself and injured myself for your wine recommendations, let's do get to that at this point. Uh, this is the time of year. Well, number one, at this point, my wine recommendations for at least the next six to eight weeks are going to be focused on Stelvin closure and screw cap. Yes, so we are going to be exploring that particular type closure. So my friends out there, if you have some that you would like me to try or new ones on the market that you have seen, 877-4-CRUSH-1 or email me, Laura Lawson at winecrush.com. Because that is definitely, you know, as of all the wonderful things we discuss when it comes to the great idea of a screw cap closure, it never, ever crossed my mind that there would be a benefit to it because it wouldn't injure you. So there, oh, yeah. we, we have found another That's true. another, another asset to a screw cap. Well, I guess so I, less pain for your future. That's well, no, I, mean. I know what's going to happen now that I've said that is I'm going to get one of those screw caps. I twist the wrong way. I'm going to wind up slicing my left hand. Right. And then I'm just going to be having to follow people around with a corkscrew and a straw and say, please save me. Yeah. What are the screw caps actually made from? What, what metal? Uh, they are made from, most of them are made from aluminum, but they're coated on the inside. Okay. There are some that gets fancier. There's actually some out there that are made of glass. Oh. Yeah, those are really, really cool. They yeah. have a regular screw Really, cap. really expensive too, aren't they? Shot, well, it depends on how you want to look at it. I mean, honestly, it doesn't add that much cost to the overall bottle. I know Ed Sabraja did it on some of his wines. You know, you cut the top on it and it actually had a little screw cap and the glass was actually a solid closure. Mm -hmm. I think people are still doing research on whether or not they're worthwhile. I think it falls in the same category. If it's a drink now wine, then it's outstanding. But they're still... Everyone going back and forth that a wine needs to have a cork in it so it can breathe, so it can age properly. We'll be arguing about that in the next 20 years. That's not anything that's going to go away. But something tells me glass does not breathe well. It's just a thought. I have a feeling, too. I, feeling. I wouldn't imagine aluminum does either. Well, what? no, it, it, screw caps, that's the whole point, is they are airtight. And when I say aluminum, it's interesting. Um, who was it? Sutter Home came out with a Vacu-Lock way back when it was the first one to introduce it and what's great is on the inside of these it's not just like there's an aluminum cap that rests on the top of your wine as mm -hmm. they close it there is actually a plastic uh human grade food plastic seal on the inside oh, so okay. the inside of it's totally coated so it's not well unless you're drinking mad dog or thunderbird or ripple i haven't opened a bottle of those lately but i would imagine the inside of those are still metal Feel free to experiment. Uh, I, know, yeah. I know in the small town you're in that all of your uh, politicos tend to enjoy those that come no, in little brown bags. No, we make our own. We make our own. Yes. Yeah. All right. I am going to get back on track, I promise. Uh, white wine recommendations. Uh, something just easy drinking, lovely, great balance, and I love the man dearly. Uh, Steel Cuvée Chardonnay. And what I like, when you see the word cuvee in things, you know, obviously cuvee means blend. And what this is, blend of different areas, blend of different barrels, blend of different regions. And so what it does, it makes it a very easy drinking Chardonnay. You know, it's not anything they're going to focus on. We're going to be the oakiest. We're going to be the most stainless steel one. We're going to be the best of this. It just means that it's great for people's palate. And all the way around, this Chardonnay is lovely. You get great green apple on it. You get a little hint of vanilla on it. And it's just got such a nice balance on the end. So today's white wine recommendation, Steel Cuvée Chardonnay. And see, that's a good segue. We're going to talk about metals. We'll go from that. 
Now, your red wine. This is just something I have enjoyed lately because I like the idea of it. Incognito. Incognito. They do. Actually, I picked it out. I have to admit it because of the label. And I looked at the label. It had the little mask on it. And I thought, this is just really, really cool. But uh, Incognito, uh, red and white, out of Lodi. And it's just very, very, again, it goes back to the summer, plays well with others, definitely drinks well, something that everybody needs to at least try once. Because this is that time of year where we all kind of get, I don't know, not tired of our wines, but we all get anxious for the season to end. And as we get anxious for the season to end, we tend to go back and we tend to drink the same things over and over again. This is something that definitely breaks the mold. This is something that you'll taste at. You will find that it just really, it livens over your tongue. It's a good balance. So give that a try incognito. I think you'll like the label too. It is very helpful. But it's been interesting. Thank you for all the listeners over the last couple of weeks, whether we have hit hot buttons or what we have done. I have received a lot of emails from some of you. And today we are definitely going to cover, we're going to be all over the board, uh, whether it's from people who are recommending that we have more socialism in the idea of our wine democracy. They think that there ought to be panels, that if the wine is not good, people judge and say, no, it can't go on the shelf. Uh, But we're also going to talk a little bit about clonal selection. We're going to talk about varietals. And I feel like I have led you astray here and there because obviously on the crush, if I speak towards Chardonnay, I'm speaking of the Chardonnay varietal. If I tell you a wine plays well with others, generally, I think in the last three weeks, we've been discussing Syrah blends that have Syrah, Grenache, and Carignan. Again, all three of those are varietals. Or that we're talking Bordeaux blend that has Cabernet Merlot, Malbec Merlot, Petit Verdot, and they all, again, are different varietals. They blend together. But there has been a few questions that we're going to address from listeners on that. But right now, I love interesting wine news, and this always makes me happy to read something along these lines, simply because I realize that all of us aren't the craziest people on the planet. In Scotland, now, if I said Scotland and said alcohol, when you started thinking about theft, I mean, I can think of just all kind of scotches I'd like to get my hands on. I can see going after the Highlands. I can see going after Oban. I can see going after the Glens. But in a Scotland rail yard, a group of thieves came in. They opened the gate. And what was interesting about this is they were driving their own 18-wheeler lorry. They're called lorries over there. But bottom line is it was a a bobtail 18-wheeler. They drove in. They looked around, they found the most convenient rail container they could take, they loaded it up and pulled it out of there. 300,000 pounds worth of wine. So this is the wine theft of the week. It will probably wind up being the wine theft of the year. For someone to be brazen enough to go in, they didn't want a bottle, they didn't want a case. They wanted over 300 cases of wine. They didn't open the truck. In theory, they didn't know what was in it. They just knew alcohol was in it, brought their 18-wheeler, hooked it up, and pulled it out. That's an enterprising group of people that will be interesting. Of course, my question is now, what are you going to do with it? I think people are going to notice if that floods the market. Hey, we're going to take a quick break right here, but when we return, as promised, we will get to your emails and hopefully find some bright spot to talk on varietal characteristics. For pictures, videos, show recaps, and more, become a fan of Wine Crush Radio Group on Facebook. Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? Newsflash, the president has changed the tax laws. And now you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax Tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-281-7048. 800-281-7048. 800-281-7048. That's 800-281-7048. 
Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today, opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Ranger Station, Ranger Speaker. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? Uh, in the woods, just outside of town. Oh, not surprising. You've got your home. Bears have theirs. Yeah, but see, this wasn't just any bear. This bear was wearing jeans and a hat, as in a smoky bear. Jeans and a hat. That's definitely smoky. What exactly did he have to say? Well, we were about to head home, you know, after having a bonfire. Oh, I can guess where this is going. Right, right. See, Smokey told me the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. That's true. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires fires are caused by humans? That means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Wow, no kidding? I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. (laughs) That was a joke. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference, because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. We're back with more of the Wine Crush. Welcome back to the Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. And as promised before the break, we're going to dive into some of your emails. But for those of you who have not taken the opportunity yet to reach out to us directly, please do. 877-4-CRUSH-1 is our line. You could talk to Kent, which makes all of us so very happy on so many different levels. Or you could email me, Laura Lawson, L-A-U-R-A-L-A-W-S-O-N, at winecrush.com. I am very good about answering my emails. I'm not necessarily guaranteeing the content of them, but I do enjoy answering them directly portion on how much screw cap Chardonnay I will have been imbibing. I should point out that while she's on the arm pain medication, you may get some strange answers. <laughs> uh, actually, what was my excuse for the last four years? True. Okay. But you may go way over. You may start recommending like White House apple cider vinegar or something like that. So, well, actually, which isn't bad. I, I, yeah, that actually I don't think is ingestible. I mean, you can cook mm. with it, I think, but don't you use that as a I cleaning product? I gargled with it back Wh- during Spam- what? <laughs> <laughs> I was told back during uh, Spamalot that um, when I had some throat problems, gargle with apple cider vinegar. I see. Yeah, and I did. It's not fun, but it was. Did it help? Some. What was the problem? The, the other stuff that I took helped better. 
Yeah, there, there, there's stuff over the counter called Sudafed, NyQuil, well, cough no. medicine. There was also stuff that a guy brought me from South Carolina, a little bit of moonshine, but that's okay. That would probably help a whole that, lot that more. That did help a little that bit. That or just ripped your vocal cords out and no one really noticed oh, it at that yeah. point. All right, let's focus, please. At least I'm going to try and focus. I apologize for today's show. But this is actually interesting, and I will, like I said, I will take all the blame for this. I have an email. Where do varietals come from? What is the new confusing titles I am seeing on the bottles? Is Dijon clone a new varietal? How about Pomard? I don't really understand where these fit in. I thought Pomard was a region. Okay, the, the whole email kind of goes on like that. And Mary, thank you very much for writing in. But let's do take a step back because in the last four shows, we have, we have done assumptive things by thinking that everybody knows what's going on. Varietals are varietals. Where they come from? There are over 10,000 grape varietals, at least reputed to be 10,000 grape varietals. There are actually encyclopedias and books dedicated that for those of you who really want to get into it can pick up this 10-pound tome that will list out all these different grapes, give you pictures, give you appropriate growing regions, temperatures, all this kind of stuff, what they're known for, what flavor profiles, and it can go on and on and on. Now, what's interested in those 10,000 varietals, and this is where I find the whole varietal concept to get confusing, is they're known by different names. Let's use the obvious. We're going to use the obvious one. Syrah. S-Y-R-A-H. Now, of course, to our friends down under, that is Shiraz. Same great varietal, different characteristics based on where it's grown. So varietals, Mary, they come from Mother Nature. We don't create new varietals. Now, I'm putting an asterisk. There is a verbal asterisk up in the air by that. But Chardonnay, Muscat, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir, yes, all of these are created by nature. Now, there are discussions that they all came from one master grape, and every new varietal we have is a clone form of some other different grape. You know, obviously, we can't go around the world and say you're related. It's like trying to do a big family tree. We're not capable of doing that yet. But no, Mother Nature is the one that creates it. What you are seeing on labels is people have actually dug down enough that they can get to it and say, okay, in this particular reason of Carneris, if I use the Dijon clone or if I use the Pomard clone of this Chardonnay, of this Pinot Noir, then I know I'm going to consistently have a good crop that produces a good wine. So people are starting to take very seriously what the clonal selection are of the varietals they are planting. So again, it's like saying, you know, homeo sapiens, human species. It's like saying, here is the Chardonnay. Here is the type of Chardonnay it is. And that is probably the easiest, most concise answer I can give you. Obviously, we can go into it a little deeper, but then again, it is going to be a long afternoon as it is. Hey, quick break right here, but when we return, we will have Mr. John Freeman, the winemaker from Waterbrook, joining us here on The Crush. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-989-0233. 800-989-0233. 800-989-0233. That's 800-989-0233. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a 
football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I grow up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be. 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up. Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council on the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade for my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Now more of Laura Lawson and the Wine Crush. Welcome back to the Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. Just because I have mentally been stuck in the Pacific Northwest for the three, last three to four weeks, that means you get to take the ride right along with me. And to round that out today, we have Mr. John Freeman. He is the winemaker at Waterbrook. John, welcome to the Wine Crush. Oh, thank you for having me. This is my pleasure because actually Waterbrook is something I just discovered, I don't know, probably five months ago. You do a little melange de Rhone. That yes, it, yes, we do. I, I recommended that wine a while ago. I absolutely love that wine. So oh, I that's felt, awesome to hear. Yeah, I fell in love with your winery and what you do then. Because something we preach here on The Crush all the time is that even though single varietals are wonderful, they are great, it's always nice when you find that bottle where you get a whole bunch of little guys to get together and play well together. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and you do an exceptional job as that. So I am happy to be speaking with you today. Oh, thank you so much. All right, so for our listeners, you are with Waterbrook. Waterbrook, of course, you are based in lovely Walla Walla, Washington. I, I, I seriously, I've been on a Washington kit just because I enjoy saying Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> Absolutely. And so you are the man behind the curtain with Waterbrook. So if you don't mind, we've got to give the 10-cent version. Who is John Freeman and who is Waterbrook? Well, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's, that is a 10-cent question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we can, hey, we, we might give you a quarter. We're kind of cheap around here, though, so we'll see. Just a really quick background. I, I actually grew up in, in the Napa Valley down in California and uh, was really always drawn to wine. And, uh, you know, Napa... <laughs> we were really, you grew up in Napa and were drawn to wine. Don't you mean you were surrounded by wine? That was more like it, yeah. Okay, just check it. In Canales, where, where uh, you know, we would go out and plink our BB guns and go fishing in all the winery ponds. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was since birth just about. Um, and and uh, I came up to Washington, just wanted to find a uh, you know a nice safe place for the children to grow up, and we found Walla Walla, and, and Walla Walla was just 
it, it's Mayberry. It's a very safe, quiet little town with lots of wineries. It is absolutely a beautiful, beautiful little town. It and, and I and I don't disagree with you. It is very Mayberry esque, but everyone seems so friendly. Everyone seems so nice. Whether they're speaking to each other, whether they're speaking to strangers, it's great. People like me can go there, and people are actually kind to them, so it's fun. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, Walla Walla is very welcoming. We we fell in love the second we moved here. People are just so friendly. Um, and like you say, people make eye contact, they smile at you. Like, we were voted Friendliest Town in some magazine recently. I cannot tell you which one it was. <laughs> I can <laughs> but, see uh, that. Hey, a friendly town. But before then, I just would assume all the wine and all the alcohol and all the great Syrah you get to drink. But no, instead, you actually are that nice. <laughs> that, that's, that is our town. There's no doubt about it. Well, obviously, it's a delight what you're doing. In fact, for our listeners, uh, John has uh, something very, very special. Let's see. Out of the last three or four top 100 lists, you have had a wine on three of them? Yes, yes. We've been, um, we've been, we've been very successful. Um, it really helps show Washington wine and what really can happen in the state. Um, and and we've, been, we've been very happy with the press we're getting. But, you know, it, it, just, it just goes to show that Washington is for real. We make great wines here, and, and we're finally getting some national acclaim for it, which is wonderful. I, again, I don't mean to reference past shows, but that's something I don't think we have scratched the surface on what Washington and Oregon can do. I'm sick and tired of it being the Pacific Northwest. Uh, not that it's any disclaimer to any of my friends up there, but I think we're going to see the day where there's nothing that cannot be grown exceptionally well in Washington. The same is going to hold true to your brother in arms over at Oregon. And it's moments like this and people like you who can really bring the message forth and saying, hey, look at value, look at condition. You know, we've got all this land. We haven't had the 70, 80 years everyone else has. I think we're really about to see some dynamic things really burst forth. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. That's the beauty of Washington State is less than two percent of available lands even been tapped. The truth is, I, I, I'm not even sure that that Washington State has found the the best sites for vineyards, and we have wonderful vineyards already. I was about to say you have a good running start on it, but I think it's just going to get better. Now, absolutely, let's, let's go back to something we touched on, just because I'm going to drag you way off topic in the next segment. Obviously, <laughs> we talk about things that are blended well, but uh, I know that our partners are really excited about a wine you're doing called Icon Eleven. And it goes back to the concept of blending and playing well. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with Icon 11 and what makes it so special. Well, the, the, the Icon blend started, and, and it, still, it still is happening. Um, the point of an Icon, uh, the Icon label, is we make exclusive, very small lot exclusive wines for our wine club members. And so, so it gives, it gives uh, people that are part of our wine club an opportunity to go out and get something really cool, really fun, Maybe it's just a single variety, a petit verdot. Maybe it's, a, it's, a, it's an area like a Walla Walla cab or something like that. So the point behind Icon is they're always very small production, very hands-on winemaking styles, and, and they're made to drink you know, immediately. You know, they have aging potential, but they're really made to, you go to the store, you get it, you bring it home, and you have it with dinner. So that's, it's really just a, a go-to everyday wine. Well, see that, and I'm going to take a. Here we go. I, I, you can listen to the front of the show and know that I'm just having a fun day on air all the way around. But to go back, what you were saying, usually when you see these these icon series or vintner series or select series, you know, it's usually um, winemakers play toys. It's winemakers. Hey, I have this little bit. But you said something that was interesting. It doesn't necessarily have to be the petite verdot sounds interesting, but you said it could also be from different regions and different areas. So it's not necessarily strange varietals. It's also different areas. Exactly. And, and oh, you how actually cool. nailed it. it. It is absolutely the winemaker's playground. Um, we are, we, we can do it's It's wines. Truthfully, these wines are wines that I drink at home every year. We just normally don't don't buy it for anybody else. Just because you hoard them. All my exactly. winemaking friends hoard the best. Not that they hate everything they put in mass markets outstanding, but every single one of y'all are like little pack rats. And <laughs> the more you drink, the more we can get you to go down in your cellar and say, oh, wow, look at what I made two years ago. And then we look at you later and say, well, why can't I have this? And you say, no, get your hands off my bottle. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, so I get this. Season. You are finally sharing with WTSO. You just don't share with your friends. I see. I see where this is going, John. <laughs> Um, it, there's so much truth in that. It's, it's, it's not even funny, but it, it's very true. We all have our favorites. Winemakers especially are, are horribly bad about having something they really love. And it's nice to be able to get that out. Um, there's, the, 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 the deal is it's always usually small quantities, small blocks. So these are always going to be very small bottlings, and there's, just, there's really just not enough to go around. All right. So to get into the mentality of that, coming from Napa Valley, 
to Washington, you you've paid your dues. You definitely have your street cred with what you have going on in the top 100. What are you playing with? What do you have hidden? What do you look at down in the cellar? You see those two barrels of, and you go, hmm, that's either really, really cool or really scaring me. Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> um, every year, thank goodness, you know, Mother Nature provides us with something else that's really fine. And right now we have uh, some Syrah down there. We always try to do a, uh, just a wine for the entire production crew. And so we have a, a nice Syrah down uh, in the cellar right now, just kind of aging up a little bit. And I'm pretty sure we're going to – we try to come up with a fun label just for, um, just for our production personnel every year. So that's what we're looking at right now. See, we'll have to make a contest out of that. That way I know I could actually taste or see the bottle of wine. Hey, Joan, we got to take a quick break right here. But when we come back, definitely want to ask you a little bit about what you're doing with some clonal selections and uh, have a couple personal questions to throw at you if that's okay. Super. All right, quick break on the cross. When we return, we will dive in deeper to Mr. John Freeman, the winemaker for Waterbrook. Follow host Laura Lawson on Twitter at Wine Crush Radio. This is the Wine Crush. If you suffer from heartburn or other digestive-related disorders, then there is a new, safe, better, and natural alternative to better digestive wellness and heartburn relief. Praxid not only provides relief of heartburn, but Praxid takes a 360-degree approach to support better digestion, protect you from harmful bacteria, and also balance your stomach to improve digestive functions. We like to think of it as the multivitamin of digestive health. It's the only product to combine all natural ingredients known for the digestive health properties into a single patented product. Praxid also comes in easy-to-carry packs. Praxid relieves, restores, and maintains a healthy digestive system. Praxid is available here for only $39.95. Shipping and handling is free, and your money back is guaranteed. To take advantage of this special radio offer, call now, 1-800-829-5735. That's 1-800-829-5735. Again, 1-800-829-5735. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Call OnCall Pharmacy right now and save as much as $700. 800-884-7919. OnCall Pharmacy delivers the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Call OnCall Pharmacy now and take advantage of this special offer. 800-884-7919. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 800-884-7919. 800-884-7919. 800-884-7919. Welcome back to the Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Now it's more of the Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. This is the Wine Crush. Right now, we are getting down and dirty with Mr. John Freeman, the winemaker for Waterbrook. John, are you still with us? I am. Okay, I had some fun in the break. Contrary to popular belief, I do do my homework and read bios. But I've got to ask this question. I go through your biography, and it says, loves Labradors and loves having a job where he can bring his dog to work every day. When you become a winemaker, do they issue you a dog? (laughs) Every single one of you, not only do you have your little hobbies that you don't share, 
There's even a whole book, what, called Winery Dogs? Is it yes, just, requ- yes. it's required, isn't it? It, it? it almost is, yeah. It, it has to be on your resume when you're applying. Okay. Just checking. How, what is it? Uh, hiring winemaker? Send picture of dog? <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Bless your hearts. Well, it does sound like from what you're doing, you obviously are very passionate. You seem very excited. You've got some great things under your belt. But when you say you enjoy experimenting, what exactly are you still at the situation where you're going out and planting in different lots? Are you planting different clones? Are you planting different varietals? What do you consider experimenting besides obviously making wines we can't get, but WTSO can? Oh my God. I mean, you pretty much nailed, nailed most of the stuff. We are, we are constantly planting test blocks in our estate vineyards, just seeing, you know, it kind of retros back to, we're not sure exactly what's going to grow best in any particular site because we don't have the history. So we, we constantly are planting different varieties. Um, we're, we're continually um, buying new land and developing it. But really what's most exciting is here in the cellar, um, we do every single year, we do just dozens upon dozens of different fermentation experiments or barrel experiments or aging experiments. And it's, we, have, uh, we have about 7,000 barrels here, so we have lots and lots of room to, to practice and play with different stuff. That's a lot and of barrels. It, it's a lot of barrels, and it keeps us really busy, and we get to taste lots and lots of great wine. Exactly, and it's always tasting. As I keep pointing out to Kent, it is tasting wine, it's experiencing it, it's certainly not drinking it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, John, I, I'm going to get you to help me out with something. Uh, earlier in the show, we had an email, and a listener had written in a little bit frustrated, uh, saying, I don't really understand. You discuss varietals, but now I'm seeing all these strange things like Dijon and Pomard on my bottles of Chardonnay. And the reader was, I'm sorry, the listener was very, very concerned that this was a new varietal and that didn't understand where the Dijon and the Pomard came in. Do you find the clonal selection of the Syrah or the Cab or the Pinot or the Chardonnay that you're using, are you starting to lean towards a specific clone or are you just doing the Wild West? Well, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a very good question. It's, it's, it's a little bit complicated. Just a little bit of background on, on our state. Um, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when a lot of the vines that we source from were being planted, um, back then the farmers were, were mostly apple farmers or apricot farmers, whatever, you know, pitted fruits. Um, there was not a lot of concern placed on uh, really on anything besides we're planting cabs. So clones were not really even um, discussed much. So really at this point, when you're going through some of the older vines in the state, truthfully, people have no idea what clone they are. Well, I feel uh, better then because that's kind of what I gave her. I've just along the lines of, well, you hope that you're having the right varietal. You hope that it's Cabernet and people will slowly start working absolutely. on it. We can certainly identify, you know, through the types of leaves, you know, what the fruit is, but clones are much tougher to identify. Um, that being said, in the last, you know, 10, probably 15 years, um, farmers have been very, very good about going to certified nurseries and, and picking out proper clones. And, and we've certainly, um, we've certainly experimented with lots of Syrah clones and, and, you know, the jury's still out there, but as far as Cabernet Sauvignon clones go, um, some winemakers might argue with you, but I, I certainly have my, my favorite clones. Well, I'm, uh, are you kidding? Winemakers argue with me on a daily basis. That's not necessarily <laughs> that hard. But, you know, it was interesting. I had talked to one of your compatriots, and because the situation that you just mentioned, that people realized that grapes were going to be a very profitable enterprise, uh, Richland, Walla Walla, as they went up the Cascades, Columbia River, that a lot of farmers just went ahead and planted what they said were Cabernet, and the counterpart had mentioned that blocks that uh, they're really interested in purchasing, that really interested, and now that they're coming up, they're looking at, and they're not entirely sure they're Cabernet, they're not entirely sure they're Merlot, they're not entirely sure they're Syrah. Have y'all run into any of that, and how do you get around something like that? <laughs> well, one of our, and I won't drop a name, but one of our, uh, one of our favorite vineyards that we've worked with for years and years and years, and they're not a, they're not a huge provider for us, but it's really one of our favorite sites, um, years ago, what they did was they had a bunch of misses in their Cabernet Sauvignon, and they had a lot of misses in their Cabernet Franc. And when they went to replant, they unfortunately inverted where they put stuff. Oh. So, um, you know, in, in a situation like that, we're pretty safe because we can go through in the spring when it's bud break, and the Cabernet Sauvignon always breaks about two weeks before the Cab Fox, so we're able to tape <laughs> off. And once, once they're purple, it's very hard to tell. Yeah. But, <laughs> purple um, size, so not helping you one bit. No, but, but we're able to tape the vines and put a marker on them so we can go back and go through. 
Um, and and that's, that's really about the worst-case scenario. I, I've not personally come across vineyards with, you know, if a guy says it's Merlot, and I've not walked through and seen Cab in it or Syrah or anything like that in there. Yeah, because actually you think about, you think about Lodi, you think about Napa especially, some of the old vineyards down there, and people just resorted to saying, well, it's a hodgepodge, I'm just going to do a field blend out of it. <laughs> exactly. Now, you create your own blends. Obviously, Icon Series definitely comes through with that. The Melange de Rome comes through with that. But is there any hope? So you said you have all these test blocks. Are we ever going to see a field blend from Walla Walla or Waterbrook? Oh, that's a wonderful question. Um, actually, last year with our estate vineyard here in Walla Walla, we made a field blend. We, we took several small blocks and, and picked them all together, brought them in, and, and we, we've been making the wine. Um, it's still early on, so we're not sure if it's going to be bottle-worthy or not, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of field blends. Well, they're fun. That, and of course, I have to be partial to them because some of your friends will occasionally let me come work harvest and I don't have the best attention span. So I, I have to advocate those where they need to be advocated. You well, bet. Well, John, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show. It's great to hear someone that laughs, that smiles, that you can tell really enjoys what they do. And there's no doubt about it. Not only are you star, you're a rising star in what's coming up in Washington State. And I have great faith we're going to be hearing a lot more out of you before it's over. Well, fantastic. Cheers, Laura. Thank you for having me. All right. Hey, we're going to take another last break here on The Crush. When we return, we will wrap up today's show and see what we have coming on down the line. How would you rate this one, Miles? This one is pretty damn good. This is the new one. Right, Chris? Just released about two months ago. We like it. (laughs) You could work in a wine store, Miles. (laughs) That'd be a good move. Need a wine recommendation for a party? Want Laura to address something on the show? Email her at lauralawson at winecrush.com. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 800-915-9734. 800-915-9734. That's 800-915-9734. The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-856-1330 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is 800-856-1330. 800 856 1330. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me What did I want to be? But in order to know what I wanted to be, I had to first decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more. So I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy and giving up impossible. I make an old subject feel like a fresh thought and unconventional methods common. I make material things less important and little things like patience and kindness count. I make weekdays more exciting than weekends and classrooms feel like anything but. I make things different, which is all I ever hoped for. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. 
We're back with more of the Wine Crush. Welcome back to the Wine Crush. It was my pleasure. We just wrapped up Mr. John Freeman, the winemaker for Waterbrook. And I, it just always puts my day in such a great note to talk to someone so happy. I mean, certainly I've just got Kent here in the studio and I don't get the giggly smiley thing. So just to have someone that passionate and that excited who can certainly send a message one way or the other is always good. I don't know whether I keep dragging you crush listeners down the dark hole, but I always want to know what winemakers are playing with because it gives you insights if they're always trying, if they're always looking for something different. It's a great benchmark of wineries to watch. Now, very rarely do I hear that these kind of things are going to be for sale. So I mentioned it at the open, but I do want to reiterate again uh, that Waterbrook Icon 11 blend is going to be on WTSO. Obviously, check WTSO, their website. I know last time they did uh, one of the Precept Wines, the Primaries, it sold out, I think, in like two hours. And, of course, we'll have the link on the Wine Crush. But it's just very, very special to be able to get these limited allocation, the winemaker play toys. And that's something I think that I wish more of my winemaker friends would do. I wish more of them would showcase the future of wine. Because John said something interesting, and it's not a factor figure we had had anywhere in the last few weeks that only 2% of available land is planted in Washington State. Now, literally, to get land in Napa and even to get land in Sonoma now, you're going to pay a ridiculous premium. I think last I heard was 300000 an acre in Napa. But to consider the fact that we're dealing with Washington State having so many top 100 wines, having number one wines in the world, having these 93, 95, 98-point ratings, divas, to have only 2% available land planted, does that give you an idea and scope of how much we have left to grow, of how many cool things that we are going to be seeing coming out of Pacific Northwest up in that area, especially out of Washington? All you have to do is see the Columbia River, see the Cascades, and understand we have not hit our stride yet. And people like John Freeman, the winemakers who are willing to take a chance, plant something different, blend something different, are the ones that are going to say, oh, wow, for all we know, this might wind up being the perfect Pinot Noir spot 20 years from now. Carneris in Washington may be undiscovered, and it's people like this who are going to do it. So I promise I am off my soapbox about Washington State. We are going to move on to bigger and grander things and the upcoming crush as we get ready for the season, so to speak. But please, hopefully, these shows have helped remind you that we've got some great great wines, winemakers, and wineries in Oregon, in Washington State, and definitely worth you exploring. I hope you've had fun on the crush today. I know that I have. As always, we're reminding you to sip socially, to drink responsibly, to drink what you like, not what you're told, but most importantly, in vino veritas, in wine, there is truth. I'm Laura Lawson, and I'll talk with you next week. (music) 